Wrong, the podcast where you talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Hello. Hello. What a week. We finally made it. Oscar season. Oh my gosh, I know. It's been the longest time coming ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and trying to find news for this episode was pretty... I mean, there's stuff. There's stuff. Okay, there's always something to talk I about. I have like one really big story and then... Yeah, probably the same one. <laughs> <laughs> and then a couple like, I guess we could talk yeah. about that if we have to. <laughs> That's how it goes. Mm-hmm. But um, how are you doing? Uh, uh, did you have a good week? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was excited for the Oscars, which we're going to be mm-hmm. talking about on the Thursday episode. Mm-hmm. So I was hyped up for that, trying to watch like the last couple nominees that i hadn't seen of course my schedule got a little uh debunked up uh in the last couple of days so i did i i did not see the weird pinocchio remake so i was <laughs> oh, one no. one film shy of watching everything you to verify that it was a real movie but yeah, I guess well never that's, know. that's the one that i opted not to watch <laughs> under the time crunch so how interesting. Someone should mm-hmm. do an entire psychological reading of you on to why that was the movie that you decided to avoid this year. Yeah, because truly it was Sunday morning and I was like, well, my options are a Bosnian war, war film or the Pinocchio thing. And I was like, Bosnian war film, here I come. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the story of Pinocchio is too close to your heart. I mean, you know, I don't know. Maybe there's something to visit Because <laughs> I want to be a real boy yeah. <laughs> or because I'm a liar yeah. or... <laughs> I have a fairy godmother cricket person. Yeah, I honestly don't remember that movie. I I saw the Disney one once in my life, I think. And don't they turn into like a goat or something at some point? Or am a I making goat? that up? Wow, I feel like there's a section imagery. where like someone becomes a goat. Oh my goodness! But now I'm also getting that maybe someone turns into a whale. Is no, they're swallowed by a whale. They're swallowed by a whale. I thought. Like I'm Jonah? fairly certain. I'm fairly certain they're swallowed by a whale. I I do think that's true. That's a Pinocchio okay. fact. Well, I'll probably watch it this week just to like <laughs> finish off the Oscar nominees because No one's keeping I, track. Man. I know, but I'm keeping track. I watched like fifty some movies, Shelby. The la- the least I could do is watch one more. <laughs> And say okay. that I watched them all. Okay, sure. Well, other exciting news is if everything goes according to plan and I finalize some things, we'll have a Patreon this week. So, dun 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 exciting! Oh! So wait, are we like launching it this episode or are we, ju- we're, we're still just like building bots it'll and be, then we'll tell them more about Thursday. it later? It'll be live Thursday. So, oh. um, okay. that's the goal. That is the soft, <laughs> soft, soft launch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, it'll feature Friends some family extra only. content, some some merch discounts, maybe some new merch, exclusive Patreon merch. Oh, um, if that is works out. But I, I'm saying a lot of ifs, but it's happening. Okay, so okay. I know okay. that people have been waiting. You know, clamoring. Mm-hmm. They really <laughs> desperate. Yes, they really want to give us their coins, and you know, mm-hmm. you can have a more collaborative relationship with us, get to, you, you know, see um, the underbelly of PSU wrong. It may be more of our niche interests and passions being talked about on bonus episodes. la di da So, you know, I, I have to give the people what they want and it's, it's coming Thursday. So 
I haven't even told you this yet, Shelby, but I am launching a special tier of Patreon. So if you pay me $1,000, you can actually kick me off the podcast and take my spot for an episode. You need so to have more really, value in uh, yourself. $1,000? You don't think someone on the internet would do that? Pay me $1,000 so I don't even have to do my own podcast? Yeah, oh my exactly. gosh, that's the that's the... the <laughs> crime of the century they will kick you off and then i'll be stuck podcasting with some bennett or something you know like it's like oh from um from the bachelor oh this is maybe a good time to talk about this (laughs) okay or maybe not while i was watching the oscars last night i saw the bachelorette commercial or whatever and i was Mm. like was this an i was like shelby did not tell me that this was happening was this just announced or was did we know about this that there's a new we bachelorette we definitely knew about this i'm 100% positive that we talked about it because i have no recollection because they are doing two bachelorette seasons oh i think you told me that that was a theory but th- there oh. was only one girl I in this picture we confirmed well that's the thing is they're doing Katie's first and then they'll do the bachelor whoever's cast for that or no sorry 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 i got this wrong they're doing Katie's first then they're going to do bachelor in paradise and then they're going to do um, Michelle's season in the fall. Do we think McKenna will be on Bachelor in Paradise? Because that's the yes. only way I'm watching that. Oh, uh, well, McKenna, the problem is there's like 16 seasons to choose from at this point. Um, so my Kenna, you know, she's been fairly, I wouldn't be surprised if she if she showed up. She was so annoying on that season, but like very entertaining at the same time. <laughs> oh, well then, yeah, that's probably, that's pretty much who they choose. So, oh, great. You might be onto something. <laughs> maybe they'll pick, um, maybe they'll pick that guy who was like, uh, who was like, I can't believe that you made them take off their shirts and dodgeball. Yosef. I'm pissed. <laughs> yeah. I hope he doesn't get any, any more, um, you know, content, um, but the franchise does have a habit of giving toxic people platforms. Do you think so. Claire will be back for Bachelor in Paradise since she didn't find her no, true love? No, because this with, is hot off the Dennis? too, is they are back together, supposedly. Oh! Yeah, they've been seen out and about together. And Dale gave a couple, like, coy interviews where he's like, you know, the, the truth is out there if you're looking for it, meaning these, like, paparazzi photos and stuff of them hanging out. He's mm. like, but we'll like, we just don't feel the need to like talk about, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but she did recently post a Instagram story of her wearing her engagement ring again. So interesting. Is yeah. Peter still with anybody? Or no, is he? No, they broke up. And... So he could be on Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah. He seems like less of a chance because he's kind of talked bad about the Bachelor producers a little bit. And his season was one of the worst that, at least according to, like, the audience score, <laughs> like, the people watching. And so I don't think he'll be there. But I think it'll be a lot of people from the the last two seasons, the Matt James and the Claire Tasha runoffs. And so. what about um uh, Chris Harrison? Is he back for any of this? Or he's gone? No, so he is, he's definitely not hosting Katie's. That's being hosted by Caitlin Bristow and Tasha. And who are two post bachelorettes, and then no word on Paradise or the next season of Bachelor or Bachelorette. So I don't know. Part of me thinks that now it would be weird for him to come back, and they all know that, and he probably negotiated a nice severance package and is out of there. 
but I could also see him digging in his heels and being like, no, I'm, I'm coming back. This show's nothing without me. So, <laughs> hmm, interesting. Well, he says as he yawns. Thanks. I know. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a well, little sleepy. Well, okay. What about this? Um, I know you're a fan of Saturday Night Live, one of the last few. Um, and uh, it I would say fan is a generous term at this point. Okay. I was a fan several years ago. I have not watched a single episode of this season. I'm not even sure if I. I Okay, I don't even well, know if I've watched you, sketches. But, but you had been a fan last yes. year. So. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We okay, grow, okay. we change, okay. you know, whatever. I'm, I'm happy to hear it because they made the bonkers choice of announcing Elon Musk as a host. On my birthday, no less. It was a birthday present to you, Shelby. Ugh. The craziest thing I thought was that it's Elon Musk and Miley Cyrus and not Elon Musk and Grimes. Like Elon Musk is married what to has Grimes been doing? a musician. I don't know, but it's like if you're gonna have him, you might as well have her be the musical guy. No, guest. you might as well not have him. He's not well, a comedian. Well, He's yes. not a media person. He's a gross <laughs> billionaire CEO. Creepy billionaire. And it's just like, what is he gonna add to the show? Like, why? I just I don't know what like do you there think are... he like bought them off like it have they ever i guess they had like donald trump and like yes host they've, they've had other people who are not or who are like not entertainers or whatever right. before but i do wonder if it was something that he wanted to do and he was like hey i'll give you a lot of money to do it because that definitely seems like something he would be up to i mean he is a adult child who is making like spaceships Yes. Uh, but also, Elon Musk is sort of a weird cult of personality. Like, I don't care for him. You don't care for him. But I know people who are, like, obsessed with Elon Musk and think he is, like, the next best thing. I know of somebody who named their child Elon after him. <laughs> which I... Are when they, I Are they was, also Ben Shapiro fans? I'm just curious. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I would I would have to add... It was like a friend of a friend situation, okay, but... Okay. Uh, I'll relay the message. Do you like Candace <laughs> Owens as well? It just seems like a Venn diagram that makes sense to me, but it very well could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but are you going to watch, or do you do you think it'll work for SNL, where people will tune into Hate Watch and see what goes wrong, or that it'll backfire and they'll end up regretting it? I 100% will not be watching the full episode. If there's some like <laughs> viral skit, maybe, but I sort of doubt it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm trying Twitter to think, was a buzz. Like, they were very upset about it. This season, so this year, I'm trying to think of a moment that I watched on SNL. Aside from like Bowen Yang is the iceberg from Titanic recently. Mm-hmm. Like, can you think of anything that? Oh, like I don't was like there SNL. something with the election that was big? <laughs> I can't even remember really. No, I've I have been a uh, you know how I feel about comedians. Yes, yeah, like maybe I watched Kamala Harris, like the uh, like the my Rudolph Kamala Harris stuff. Yeah, I but... mean, I know there were things that I was forced to click on because they kept popping up in my Twitter feed that I never found that funny. But I think there was like, let's see, what was the most recent? Obviously, the Titanic one. There was that was the actually funny NFT skit. Um. That people I'm liked confi- what is reason. NFT again? It is. Um it's a, it's some sort of like digital like 
art piece that you like sell it's basically like you buy a gift that's only yours i don't know that's a very simplistic explanation but that's the general lesson i learned from snl so at some point like an article or something came up about that and i kind of half read it and was really confused and was like if this becomes a bigger thing i'll figure it out at some point But then I've seen the acronym a couple of places now, and I'm like, I still don't know, but I haven't looked it up. Yeah, no, it's a non-fungible token. So it's like... Yeah, what the hell is that? I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's like, it can be any sort of media. Like, it can be anything, but it's just like a digital file that someone owns, I think. Okay. And so you can like sell them and stuff like a piece oh, so of art. We could sell, so like I could sell my podcast note word document. <laughs> that could be part of our Patreon. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how it works though, because it's only, it's a, it's non like copyable. Like it's okay. A, so we, I have only. to make it like some kind of like PDF or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> you're going to make us get all these emails that are like, you guys are idiots. And then we'll have to have an NFT expert come on the podcast and like, Shelby, wait, when have we ever, we get things <laughs> wrong all the time. And I don't know but that, that, that many people are, are calling hot. us They're out. They're happening now. You know, we're spreading. <laughs> What's the Venn diagram of people who know what an NFT is and the people who listen to this <laughs> podcast? I don't know if there's a big overlap there. <laughs> That's fair enough. Uh, okay, I wanted to get into this story about Scott Rudin, the mm. Hollywood producer. Have you been following this? Oh, yeah, of course. So, it's all too familiar. <laughs> well, especially for me, because I had multiple job interviews at Scott Rudin's production company, and I met him, which oh. is wild. So, inside scoop here coming from me. And uh, you were like, man, I like that guy. What <laughs> I was like, guy? nice. <laughs> um, Scott Rudin is a huge hollywood producer he is one of few people who has an egot which is like the emmy grammy oscar tony he has been a producer on a bunch of movies including no country for old men lady bird social network he also does a bunch of broadway stuff like book of mormon the new uh to kill a mockingbird play and he is known throughout the industry for being terrible to his employees he went Mm -hmm. he's gone through like 200 and some assistants in the past couple of years like just nightmarish and so at one point a couple years ago when i was applying for jobs i applied at like sort of accidentally you know how on linkedin sometimes you can apply for a job but it doesn't tell you where the company is (laughs) so i applied for it because it was some kind of like film assistant or whatever and i thought oh that sounds interesting and i got a response like right away from these people saying oh this is scott rudin's office would you come in for an interview and i was like oh i know who scott rudin is like he's done a bunch of cool stuff like of course i'll come in for an interview it was the strangest interview I have ever been on because the entire time they were just being, I mean, it was like me sort of consoling the interviewee and, and them being like, look, it's really bad. And the hours are insane (laughs) and you don't get to work weekends. And he screams at people and he yells and he's just like, wild, but it does pay a lot. So you could take it. It's sort of miserable, but like it would look good on your resume. And I'm like, you know, that when, you're interviewing me for a job. Like you're supposed to be pitching me on the job, (laughs) not like telling me why I shouldn't take it. Um, 
So then I had a, but the the big thing was, is that there's just so much turnover there. So they're like constantly hiring people. I asked them at one point, oh, so like how long do people usually stay? And someone, and I think this interview was taking place in the winter. It was like January, February. And they said, oh, there's one person who's been here since October. It's like, <laughs> that, that was the longest stay. It was like six months. And so I thought, oh, okay, this seems dicey. But they had me in for a second interview. And then I just never heard back. And mm. so I followed up with them. And the person who was hiring me had been fired. So <laughs> so that was the end of that. Wow. And, do you think you would have taken it? Oh, 100% no. <laughs> because they said that you had to work. The hours were like, it was like 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. every night. Oh, yeah. And like I mean, you had to work weekends. Tell- yeah, it was shocking. Yeah, yeah it was insane it was basically like they pay for the car to pick you up at your house and to drop you off at night and basically you're just sleeping the rest of the time you're in the office yeah well because he doesn't want you on the subways because then he could lose access like you would lose service and then you'd be unreachable and he's just insanely particular about things like one of the things that the job that i was applying for had to do was i guess he refuses to get any streaming platforms because he like can't figure out how to work them so you have to like burn copies of movies and tv shows from like the streaming site onto a DVD and then like put together a, you know, packet of the DVDs to send home with him so that he can watch them. But they said that they were telling me that somebody had, had made the DVD. And then when it got to his house, like he put it in the DVD player and it didn't work and that guy got fired. So then they made it like, so then they got two exact, like they got the two copies of the DVD player, one for the office, one for his house. So you have to like try all the DVDs at the office oh DVD player. Like just insane. The other thing that they told me in the interview was like, oh, like you seem like the type of person who Scott would like. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was going to say, okay. And then, and then I was reading one of these pieces and they were like, <laughs> yeah, like Scott Rudin, like basically only likes young brunette men. And like, that's the only type of people he hires or like, I was like, I know. Oh, oh yeah. I was being groomed and I didn't even know for a Scott <laughs> Rudin job. <laughs> Wait, so how did you meet him? It wasn't in the hiring process. Well, so I was, so the offices it's one of those office buildings where like on the floor there's a couple of different suites and so the bathrooms are in the hallway that you have Mm -hmm. to go out so i was sitting in the lobby of the of his office Mm -hmm. and he had to like walk out through the lobby to go to the bathroom and i think probably because I was a (laughs) (laughs) yes he stopped and was like hello how are you wow (laughs) so yeah why weren't you interviewed for this hollywood reporter piece just like Uh, well because i sadly (laughs) did not actually ever have a job there i just went to two interviews (laughs) and both of the interviews were at like 7 30 a.m they were so early (laughs) yeah no reading the because the hollywood reporter i mean this has been a known you know quote-unquote secret and i think there's been a couple hit pieces on him that have never really stuck right this past week the hollywood reporter did like basically an oral history with a bunch of his ex-employees and just put together an entire (laughs) like start to finish wild ride of what it is like to work for him and um yeah, it it really it reminded me of some terrible experiences I had. Obviously, never as bad as that, 
but also the assistant, the movie we just watched that a lot of people cite as Harvey Weinstein. I was like, well, <laughs> this also seems like <laughs> this is pretty Scott oh, Rudin-esque. Oh, <laughs> 100%. When, when I was watching The Assistant, I was thinking about Scott Rudin the whole time because I was like, this is exactly like where their office was yeah. and the type of things that they would have to be doing and the hours. Yeah. Although Scott Rudin, I think, is not a uh like sexual harasser right. or, or that's not at least that what the out. main thing is yes it's mostly just that he has a terrible temper and mm-hmm. like screams and throws things and uh you know is violent with people to the point where he you know like hits them and stuff sometimes um or throws things at them mm-hmm. that he fires people willy-nilly that he's really terrible to uh, especially people of color and women mm-hmm. and just all kinds of stuff that is horrible. But it was kind of weird because these pieces came out and Scott Rudin obviously has like loads and loads of connections. And I feel like it took a couple days before finally this woman who was in Moulin Rouge, the musical on Broadway was like, yeah, I'm quitting unless he is removed and then finally people started like loosening up and being like, oh, yeah, I guess me too. Like, I guess <laughs> I'll also not work with Scott yeah. Rudin. And then he sort of made like a half statement that was like, I'm stepping back. And it was like, well, uh, I don't like it. This de- this seems more of like you just trying to get out of the limelight quickly mm. and less about actual change. Now the Actors Equity Association, which is the like Broadway actors union has released a big statement saying that they want him removed and that all of his employees should be released from their NDA agreements. And then he ended up resigning from the Broadway league. So I'm still a little bit unsure of like how much this is sticking this, like how much of this stuff is permanent stuff and how much of this is just like a slap on the wrist. The most interesting part though, is that or one of the most interesting parts is that the New York times did a piece on this where not only did they talk to some different celebrities and stuff who had had bad interactions with them, including Tom Hanks's wife, Rita Wilson, who -hmm. said that he basically tried to like bump her off of a theater production once she got diagnosed with cancer, but it also listed all of these celebrities who are associated with Scott Rudin, who they reached out to for comment and wouldn't comment on the Mm -hmm. situation. And (laughs) that include Jennifer Lawrence, Denzel Washington, Wes Anderson, Noah Baumbach, Aaron Sorkin, just like all of these people, which I thought, oh, that's like, that's kind of damning. Like these people (laughs) need to get their act together and release something because it's embarrassing for them. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, I mean, he, Scott Rudin has obviously been in film production, but he's definitely pivoted to more Broadway. Mm-hmm. And so it is interesting to watch. I was reading about like the Broadway has been really active in its activism because mm-hmm. of being shut down and having all this, I don't know, they've had issues, <laughs> let's just say. And um, so he's officially removed from the Broadway League, which I think will make it harder for him to produce new things just by just because of the way Broadway works in its negotiations with all different the guilds and everything. And so I think future, it'll be interesting to see if he's able to sort of produce again. But yeah, like you said, does this really impact his bottom line right now? No, because he has all these contracts already in place. So it's unlikely that he'll suddenly not make money every time Book of Mormon's performed. You know what I mean? So yeah. it seems like he'll be fine, but it is, it is 
a good sign that people are willing to kind of hold him accountable to some degree, at least as far as future earnings go. Well, what's shocking is that it took so long. Yeah. Because (laughs) after I interviewed there, you know, I would talk to other people and they're like, oh, yeah, Scott Rudin's been bad for decades. And it's like everybody knew it wasn't a secret. And yet no one was saying anything. So, Well, I think partly because it's like bosses can be bad. And we're like, oh, yeah, fine with it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, well, they're not sexually assaulting anyone. So what's the big deal? He has an ego. He has a temper. Like we just all deal with it. And that's like that was a lot of feedback I got whenever I complained about a boss in a sort of harassing situation. It's just like, well, what do you want to do? You know, this is what we have to deal with. So I think a lot of people hear this story and obviously it's an extreme, but it's sort of like, well, I mean, yeah. It's yeah, part it's of like the we've job. all had yeah. bosses who yelled at people or bosses yeah. who threw things. <laughs> so it's good that there's a cultural shift that recognizes that you don't have to be like a Disney villain to be a toxic person. Right. Very true. Very true. So hopefully, <laughs> moving we're moving past the uh, idea of a uh, m- the machismo of a modern day boss. Yes. Yes. Um, do you have anything else or do you want to get into love it or hate it? Let's do love it or hate it. Okay. I have a fun new TV show that I wanted to talk about that I had to watch because I was writing an article for BuzzFeed about it. Um, but the TV show Cruel Summer, which just came out on Freeform, is very good and very juicy in sort of a Riverdale way. But I will say this. I think it's better than Riverdale. In Like it's, it's what? more, it's more <laughs> Riverdale is amazing, but in a very like campy weird way, this mm. is much just like actually better in a more right. serious, straightforward way. It's, it's a thriller. I think it's only eight episodes long, or at least this season is, I don't, if there was another season, I don't think they've planned it out yet. And it's set in the 90s. It's set three different years in the 90s. So every episode focuses on one of the characters in the cast in three different time periods. Interesting. Yes. So there's sort of a lot going on, which I think is fun. And the basic premise is that in the first time period, which is like, I can't remember, but like the first year, <laughs> it, it like 1993, let's say, the... There's like a really popular girl and then there's this like really dorky girl. Then in the middle time period, the 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 really popular girl has disappeared and the dorky girl has basically like taken over her life. So she now is dating the same guy, has the same friends, is much more, you know, like wears fashionable clothing, has good hair. And then in the third time period, which is the third year, the the popular girl has reappeared and is accused the unpopular girl of somehow being involved in her disappearance. And so now we have like this court case, like trial thing going on. So it's it's fun because it's like three different time periods. You got all the nineties music and stuff, but also because you're jumping back and forth. It's like, you don't really know everything that happens. It's very Mm -hmm. twisty and a lot of fun to kind of unpack and put together as a mystery. And like the first episode was all focused on sort of the dorky girl. The second episode is on the popular girl. And then I think as it goes forward, each episode is going to be one of the other characters. So 
I'm intrigued. I don't know if they can stick the landing because this is a lot going on and it's free form, <laughs> but I found it very engaging. So yeah. I'd recommend. And also the episodes are like 40 minutes or whatever because it's a cable yeah. show. Yeah. I mean, Freeform has done, they've, you know, I liked um, Switched at Birth for a while there. Um, Pretty Little Liars had one good season. So I guess that's Kyle XY. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, they, they've done some stuff. So they love I mean, like soapy too, content. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Easy to watch. Too. Mm-hmm. Very watchable. Um, also easy to watch. There's a new sci-fi movie on Netflix called so- Stowaway, which stars Anna Kendrick, Daniel Day Kim from Lost, if you remember. Yes, I Shamir saw Shamir Anderson and Tony Collette, your favorite. Mm-hmm. So I know. I was, of course, immediately game just from <laughs> the description alone. But it's basically the idea is um, there's this crew headed to Mars on a two-year mission. And then suddenly they realize a few days into the trip that um, through some strange accident, this person has accidentally stowed away. And so now they're trying to figure out how they can how they can survive when there's not enough oxygen for all four of them on the ship. What do they do? Done, done, done. And mm. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a it was a like a quiet sci-fi film like it's definitely not like it's not an alien twist or something there's not like anything nefarious happening it's very much about these human questions of like how do you (laughs) how do you solve this kind of problem and especially when there's no help there's no escape it's like you either have to you know sacrifice or kill someone or you all die and so it was it's a tight like i think it's a two-hour film but it's it's emotional it's interesting i think it's well acted obviously what was interesting is anna kendrick is first build and tony collette is last build but i think everyone in the cast does a really good job of being like a real person that you can identify with and you're just kind of sitting there wondering like oh well what would i do in this situation how would this work in this situation and um it's done generally well it it has like 75 percent on rotten tomatoes right now most people are like yeah it's good it's not like great there's some questions with like you know plot points and like how this science works but he never joe pina pina who um directed and wrote it he doesn't like bother trying to explain some of the like logical leaps he's just like deal with it and it's easy enough to move along with because the film itself is so I don't know, engaging and kind of interesting to watch unfold. And um, even when it kind of drags, you're just like caught up in the the question of it all. So I thought it was a lot of good, a lot of fun. I mean, I guess not fun. <laughs> it was very enjoyable to watch. I recommend it. Just trying to figure out which one of the four of them is going to get jettisoned out of the space <laughs> hole. Yeah. yeah, you're like, oh, what's it going to be? Um, but yeah, there's, it's, it's good. I'd be curious to see what you thought of it because this is very much my jam and I knew I'd like it and I was pleasantly surprised by how much I liked it. But I don't, I, I Rob liked it. He wasn't so sure about it. Laura was okay with it. It was just like a good movie. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I think I'm trying to play it cool because everyone who I'm like, oh, you should watch Stowaway. They're like, oh, oh my gosh, was it an inside man? Is he really a serial killer? Like, do aliens come? And it's like, it's not that kind of sci-fi movie. I just want people to understand. 
Okay. Okay. Low key sci-fi. You know, I mean, it does sound like something that I would be into. I do love space movies, especially kind of sad ones that are a little bit more serious. But also, I got to watch Pinocchio. So (laughs) really, it's a toss up. And and a new episode of Cruel Summer. So yeah. Well, this might be nominated next year. So I guess you can see if you. If you hold on to oh, it. Oh, yeah. Long. I've been hearing a lot of buzz about mm-hmm, it, I'm sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Speaking of nominations in the Oscars, our Thursday episode, we're talking about the Oscar ceremony and the winners and the losers. This It was it was wild. And <laughs> I have some, I have a lot of thoughts on a lot of things. <laughs> so if you watched or if you didn't watch and you're just interested, stay tuned for Thursday's episode because we'll be talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Matt's been triggered, but. I've been triggered. And also triggered is our Patreon coming this Thursday, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be live Thursday coming your way. Um, No, it'll be exciting. And um, send us your NFTs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but you can find us on our social media. We're at PSU Wrong on Instagram, Twitter. Um, trying to get better at it. Uh, any tips? Welcome, appreciated. But also, we love hearing from you guys. Um, so send us an email at psurong at gmail dot com with any of your thoughts, questions, concerns about our um, our hard hitting uh, reporting here. You know, I, mm-hmm. I I'm sorry if we led you astray on any of that NFT stuff. But <laughs> if you send us an email with like 16 paragraphs about it, I might read the first one. So. Yeah, welcome the dialogue. Perfect. And if you send us an email that's under two sentences long, I might read it on the podcast. So (laughs) there you go. Well, we will see you guys on Thursday. Absolutely. Under no circumstances should you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.